Tonight, we talk to psychic, clairvoyant, and paranormal convention organizer Nick Grossman about seeing demons, keeping cursed objects, and fucking heavy metal. Deep beneath the stacks of the New York Public Library, it's Brian and Eric Don't Belong Here. Stay with us. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Brian and Eric Don't Belong Here. I'm Brian, here as always with Eric. Eric, we're at Paracon. It's this weekend. How are you feeling? Dude, it's coming up. I'm kind of nervous. We were ta- we were joking, uh, I think, off air about how it's like we feel like we're now future us is paying the due for the indiscretions of past us. And we're like, let's just sign up for a paranormal conference. <laughs> Yeah, let's table for both days and do a live show. That'll be great. We'll figure out how that'll go. (laughs) Yeah. And now here we are. It's it's this weekend uh, when this comes out. Um, (laughs) Here we are. I'm not prepared. Not prepared. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. I think it's going to be fun. I'm I think excited it's... to meet all the people there. Bare minimum, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, hey, uh, it's... Uh, so this is coming out on Wednesday. The show is this weekend. Uh, if you're in the uh, general driving distance of the great state of Connecticut, come to Paracon. It's uh, in Ansonia, Connecticut. You can find more information at Paracon, con like Connecticut, uh, dot org. Paracon dot org. Our live show uh, with Tess Feifel from Astonishing Legends uh, is going to be on Sunday. At 1.15 p.m., we're going to do about 20 minutes, and uh, I think we're going to give away a cursed object, which I'm very excited. I can't wait to t- I haven't told you everything yet. Who, me? You haven't told me I everything? have not told you some of the details of this cursed object that I have acquired. I didn't even know. I knew you were on the hunt. I didn't know you actually acquired a cursed object. I'm, I'm going to tell you about it off the air, and then we'll... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh. But, uh, okay, so... Uh, getting into the meat of this, we spoke to Nick Grossman, one of the uh, co-organizers of Paracon, who was also a clairvoyant, a psychic, and a shaman. Uh, and, oh boy, the conversation's incredible. Hey, we this go is there. one of the wildest episodes I think we've... This is my, one of my favorite kind of episodes where we talk to a person who is really deep in a world that is just incredibly unique. Yes. Uh, I, I think this is a, a really incredible interview. Uh, and I'm so excited for people to hear it. So uh, let's just get into it. Let's do it, man. And here we are. It's Brian and Eric with Nick Grossman, the shaman half of the Shaman and the Showman, one of the co-organizers of Paracon coming up this weekend uh, in Ansonia, Connecticut. Uh, super excited to talk to him. Nick, how's it going, man? Going great. Looking forward to Paracon. I, I got to correct you. It's not weekend. It's freakend. Freakend. Oh, oh hell my yeah. mistake. That's <laughs> we actually we make the distinction because two. we we call every weekend the freakend. So yeah. this is like it's a different <laughs> thing. So this is just a regular yeah. weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, we're looking forward to it. We have some great guests, uh, and it's selling out even more than it was last year. I mean, it's selling even faster than it was last year. And we have John Zaffis and the amazing Kreskin and a whole load of psychics to do tarot readings and. It's Whatever. a pretty incredible uh, list, but you were you were it mentioning, um, or uh, you can. So this is like the first Connecticut paranormal convention. Are you guys have uh, built well, it that I way? I mean, right? we started it last year was the right. first, but technically this is part two. Right, got uh, it. Is this part? Is this like a, a legit direct sequel to part <laughs> exactly. one? Yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yep. Let me let me ask you a question, Nick. So no we, we spoke to Charles two times, which mm-hmm. I feel like is not. We just barely scratched the surface. He's got a lot to yep. say. Uh, we both have been on a, a big uh, a journey and have a lot to share. Yeah, you guys are kind of like spirit brothers, huh? Like two sides of the yeah, same coin? I would say, yeah, definitely. He said he met you at, at his haunted house back in yeah, the day. Well, you, you know, came. yeah, I went, uh, I remember I was in line and I was with my son. And I keep, you know, the line was about, about 10, 15 minutes long. And, you know, it's not very uncommon for me to see a spirit zooming by if I'm in a, like a haunted place, but. You know, Fright Haven had multiple anomalies. I was seeing, I could see this stuff. I could see it with my third eye flying by. And I'm thinking to myself, this would be an interesting place to do a paranormal investigation. Hmm. And so I went to, I gave my ticket to Charles, which he was dressed as, you know, Crip Master Chalky. <laughs> and I had no idea he was the owner. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought he was like the manager or something, but I didn't know he was the actual owner. So I went up to him. I said, you know, um, this place is haunted. Do you know this place is haunted? Do you guys have any weird phenomenons that uh, go on here? And, you know, he looked at me like, oh, yeah, it's definitely haunted. I mean, you know, you're going to have fun. We have a lot of crazy (laughs) actors inside there. And I said, no, no, you don't. I don't think you understand what I'm talking about. And I'm like, you know, this place has some paranormal energy and I could actually see this stuff. I'm a clairvoyant and a psychic and a shaman. And he was very interested in it. And, you know, he gave me his card. And immediately I just responded the next day or two. And we did this event that it was mind boggling uh, upstairs of Fright Haven um, it used to be a dance studio, so it's surrounded by mirrors and, yeah, you, know, you know, I did like a, kind of like a ritualistic spell on 50 people, put them in a shamanic trance. Can we pause there for a second? You said you sure. did a ritualistic spell. Where, do, where do you learn stuff like that? How do you know how to do that? It comes natural for me. Okay. You know, really? I always say, yeah, I always say this, like witchcraft they they need certain spells, but us shaman people, it comes natural to us. Hmm. And you know, I did uh, we did a thing called scrying, and you know, people were seeing their their uh, deceased loved ones come out of the mirror, and it actually was pretty. It was mind boggling. And then it turns out Charles did some research, and I did a little research, and Fright Haven was actually built on a burial, like a Native American burial ground. That's wild. And, you know, I was just, I just knew it, you know, I just knew it and I was seeing stuff. And when we were, me and Charles would promote events at Fright Haven, like hand out flyers and, you know, I'd be taking pictures of this stuff and everything else. You know, it was, it was really wild. The place is, the place is cool. Fright Haven is cool. Yeah. Um, It's definitely probably one of the, the best uh, haunted house. I'm saying haunted as horror, <laughs> but you know, it is like, it is a fun haunted, attraction. Haunted, haunted house. It is a exactly. fun family I'm a attraction. Big, I'm a big nerd when it comes to horror. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, the misfits. Nick is showing us uh, his misfits tattoo. He's got uh, Jason. Yeah. You know, um, Michael a, Myers is somewhere. He's right there. An incredible collection. 
Are those, I don't know if this is rude to ask, are those tattoos under your eyes as well? No, this is just uh, dark makeup. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. You know, I love the misfits and, you know, you know, I like carrying on the tradition of like the horror punk. Hell yeah. It's gone away. It needs to come back. I love like all types of music, to be honest. But uh, my roots come from the horror uh, music scene, like, you know, metal and you know, all sorts of black metal, death metal, uh, you know, misfits, hypo negative. I love all that stuff, but I love everything else. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm a musician myself. And honestly, I don't even play any of that music. I play uh, flamenco guitar. No shit. That's That's amazing. I wanted to expand. I wanted to expand my horizon. Yeah. uh, When, when I was, I was playing in, in a lot of hardcore and punk rock, uh, bands and I kind of just wanted to expand my horizon and I started you know learning like actually Metallica and you know I I, I was like these guys are a lot like classical music I'm thinking <laughs> so I yeah. started learning like all the scales and you super know, technical became, right I started you know play, yeah super technical that's what I wanted because it's great for your mind you know it's sure. just great for your mind you do know? you Nick when you play flamenco you ever get dancers you ever do the flamenco like Never play for the, the flamenco yet, dancers but that's a that's a good idea I'll definitely <laughs> do that I love the slide guitar too I like the the blues and all that stuff you know hell yeah um, the dirty I, Louisiana blues I call it I, you know nice. but uh, I do I do that yep um, I'd love to circle back real fast. Um, so yeah. you've mentioned you're a uh, clairvoyant, you're a psychic, clairvoyant, um, an and, and a shaman, empath. Uh, could you explain or uh, go into expand on what that's like? What exactly that is, and your experience well, with that is? Like a little bit, like growing up with this gift. You know, I come from. I was born in 1980, and probably the first paranormal show on TV came out. 1999 2000 or something like that i believe it was ghost hunters but um i'm from before then so most people it wasn't like this eruption that was going on now right with yeah yeah people believing in this stuff (laughs) and so you know i was seeing all sorts of stuff in my room like i i grew up behind a convalescent home okay and you know we used to play ninjas back there and the nuns liked us a lot but you know, every like, yeah, once a week, there'd be an ambulance, and they would they would bring out a stretcher with a sheet over the head of like somebody who died there, and we were very fascinated. As a matter of fact, every now and then, I like uh, volunteering there uh, too. For I like this to help uh, bring the seniors and wheel them out. Yeah, and but you know what I figured is you know my house was very haunted growing up. And the radio, my grandfather's radio would turn on and off. I seen hundreds of demons come out of the mirror. Wow. Seen some terrible, you know, let me tell you, I've probably, I don't even know how many demons I've ever seen in my life. There's been countless times and, you know, I'm an artist and sometimes I've considered painting their faces because they're completely different from what any, anything you would see. Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you what's the distinction between so you're seeing these entities, you're seeing these ghosts and spirits? What's the distinction between a de- like how do you know it's a demon versus some other kind of well, entity? You're a real a, spooky looking now, ghost. Let yeah. me tell you this. Let me tell you this. 
you guys aren't psychic, right? We are not. You don't have not that I'm not that I'm aware of. So if there was not for lack of trying, yeah. If there was a demon in that room that you're in, right? You would probably be able to feel it. What would you feel? Strong they are. Well, you get sick to your stomach. You would definitely Mm. feel like there's a presence inside the room. Me, I see energy, so I see like aura energy Mm. and. uh, I tell you what, these things are are ugly, and I honestly call them fear in its purest form. Mm. Wow! And um, I've seen—I don't even know how many now. It's been so long. And then I figured that because so many people pass away in the convalescent home, that it must have opened up like some type of spirit portal. And then recently, I've been going to my neighbors. I don't live—I—I live—I uh, live in West Haven now. This is Norwalk. But when my son's with me, I spend the weekend with my mother over there still. Got it. But, you know, I, you know, recently I've been asking the neighbors, I was like, you know, I, I, this may sound crazy, but do you guys ever get any weird phenomenon going in your house? Like you feel like you're being watched and their faces turn white. Huh? You know, they're like, this is crazy. You know, you have this too. And it's been very liberating for me. Uh, that they're saying this too, because they're also getting the same activity. They don't, they don't see it, but you know, objects go flying across the room. Uh, all sorts of stuff happens to my neighbors now. And I'm, I'm very fascinated by it actually. Nick, and you said another thing about yeah, the sorry, neighborhood and no, sorry about that. It used to be an airport back way back when planes first started, it used mm. to be an airport. So there might be something about that as well. But I could see these things. As a matter of fact, when I do paranormal cases, I could walk into somebody's house and say somebody's doing magic in this house. I could, I could feel it. Somebody's doing magic here. Somebody died in this room. It just comes right to me. Have you? Do you? You said you're you're a clairvoyant. You can see energy. You can see auras. Are you? Can you detect anything with with Brian and I right now? Yeah. Does it work through a computer? It could. Oh boy. Uh-oh. I honestly oh, feel like you may have like some type of energy. Uh um it's possible that you may have some energy over there. Am I accurate about that or not? Who I, I don't who know who you're you talking to me. You, yeah. When you say some kind of I mean, I drink a lot of coffee today. <laughs> yeah. What kind of energy are we talking about? Well, you know, I just see a lot of murkiness there, and I know it's up hmm. the camera. But okay. you know, the, the thing is interesting is when I walk into like a haunted place, my vision, I get this vision and everything becomes murky, you know, and it's very weird. But the best way to do it is in person, really just walk through. Uh, that makes sense. But yeah. I've been on like radio shows and I had one lady host of the radio show tell me that uh, her her um, her audio was acting weird and it was unexplainable. So, you know there is definitely a connection with being psychic and electronic devices. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, spirits, you know, often make the batteries die in our devices. So we have to double up on batteries. Is that what's happening to my phone? That's my number one question. Really? It is. <laughs> what's yeah. that? No, it's just be. in general of my phone constantly running out of battery. Yeah. Can I blame it on ghosts? Um, you got to rule everything out, you Fair know, enough. You know, stuff like that. So could, it's probably just the battery degrading, but we won't take it entirely off the table. I th- are, you, are you a little freaked out up there? Eric, you doing all right? You talking to me? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I'm fine. Why? Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just listening. Should he be scared? <laughs> you know what? Me and Charles's events are are interesting because we make it fun, scary, and educational. That's and the me, best. Like I picked apart and dissected paranormal for a long, long time, and I have a lot of knowledge to share about this. And you know, the world has definitely go, has been through like hell in the past twenty years or so. And it's we're we're colliding the the dimensions. We're bleeding through the paranormal. So everybody is getting all this evidence on their phone and everything else. And uh, I feel like people like me are here to, you know, comfort people uh, when we go through this kind of thing, because uh, you know we're evolving. the The universe has expanded. We're expanding with it. We live longer. The seasons are longer. Uh, we're we're starting to all get paranormal stuff all over the place. And growing pains aren't fun sometimes. But you know, people like me are out there. A lot of us. There's a hell of a lot of us. And uh, you know, that's why one of the reasons I feel like I'm here. It's like a calling. What is it that you think? Uh, you know, we we mentioned Eric and I uh, have no psychical abilities that we are aware of. What is it that you think uh, is? Do you, do you think there's a, a physical difference? Uh, do you think? What is it you think that gave you the abilities and insights that you have? Well, you know what? I just started sharing this after, you know, all my life experience paranormal. I kind of kept this. A, to myself because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. Sure. But when I was about two, three years old, I lived in a different house in Norwalk. And um, now being two or three years old, you don't really remember much right? as an adult. But, you know, I remember clearly these three, four, five glowing beings. Of, you couldn't see their face because they were so bright. Um, I, I like to consider them like some type of angel, angels or something like that. Interesting. Um, they could be something else, but they, they visit me, you know, just about every night. And, you know, even think of it, thinking of it as an adult, reminiscing about that is a very warm, fuzzy feeling inside. And I remember it. And, you know, when you're two or three years old, you don't nobody remembers stuff. But, you know, this is something I remember. And I believe that's how I got my gift. I also heal Interesting. People. I heal people um, on a ghost tour. We did uh, the white lady. We did, we do a ghost tour looking for the white lady. And there was a man who had arthritis in his toe, and I took it right out of him. Really? How do, can no you pain. can you explain that a little bit, or what? Like, what does that entail? You know, there's a thing called psychic surgery. Yeah, yeah. And it originated, I believe, it's a shamanic practice that I believe originated in Central America and South America. And I didn't learn this, but it's just the same thing. They get like knives and stuff like this, and they pretend they don't touch the person, huh, but right. they do it in their mind that they're cutting out the wound. So what I do, I don't use any tools. I use my hands. So what I do is like, let's take, there was a gentleman that had a bad knee that night too, when I did it to him. And I held his hand. And I shoot white, bright light through his body going in, in, into mm -hmm. his knee. And I look and I picture the wound, what it looks like in the knee. And I, 
I see these white explosions of these bright white light like you'd never even believe, you know, fusing up uh, the wound. And uh, then after I'm done with that, you know, I pull, you know, the negativity out of the knee. It's a very shamanic thing. Uh, and that usually does the trick. Is is a gift, you know. Is shamanism you you identify as a shaman opposed to like another sort of a cult practitioner? Like you don't call yourself a wizard, or like you call yourself a shaman? Yeah, or what, swami, probably somebody people would say. What is a sh- like? What distinguishes a shaman? What makes someone a shaman? Well, a shaman is somebody born with access to the supernatural uh, realm, mm. and you have to. When you're a kid, you're going to experience stuff. You're not going to know what's going on, but you have to accept the calling because if you don't, you're going to go completely insane because the spirits make you torment you until you accept the calling. And it's actually, if you look this up, it's a phenomenon called shamanic illness. And it's somebody who doesn't know they have this and they don't know what's going on, but they get very, very ill. And uh, we're born naturally with access to the supernatural world. Yeah, I've read, especially like in the in like the Inuit peoples, I remember reading stories and accounts of like a kid would be born and be sort of having problems and right. a shaman would kind of show up and they'd be like, yeah. and he'd be like, oh, no, no, he's, he's calling. Yeah, exactly. And I got to take him and initiate him. And did you have that? Did someone initiate you? Did you? How did you? Nobody initiated me. Uh, I just, you know, what? You're what, a renegade. You know, I was, you know, I'm a renegade. I always <laughs> have been. Um so I was doing art uh, shows for a while. Mm. I started in Bridgeport and I worked my way to New York City. And every time I sold a painting, I would go offer to go to the collector's house and do a spiritual cleansing. And that's how I discovered, you know, I actually have uh, a cleansing and a healing gift to, mm. to rid of spirits from people's homes. That's when the calling happened right there. And wow. I've been doing paranormal for about uh, 20 some odd years, 20 years, 21 years probably. And uh, I recently established myself in the past four years in the community and doing events and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been quite a journey. And uh, you know what? If shamanism goes back into Europe and everything else, every every uh, country has yeah. uh, shamanism and you you go to scandinavia like people still have shamans there and everything else uh native american south american uh north korea or not north korea korea has shamans wow um all asia has shamans and everything else it's it's a practice that's all probably one of the oldest forms of spirituality think of it, it goes back to caveman times Sure. That was their spiritual leaders were the shamans of the tribe. You know, it goes way back when Africa, of course. Yeah, everywhere. You know? All right. over the all over Oh, the yeah, world. it's all over in every heritage, every nationality has them. You know, but uh I'm grateful to have this gift. It was very painful growing up with it. It was extremely painful and I, I hated it when I grew up, but you know, I'm very grateful because, you know, we help people. Uh, you know, I have a group of psychics that come with me doing these paranormal investigations. And, you know, we don't charge. 
well anything for it we uh sometimes they accept donations if they we don't push for it but we don't charge because when you're given a gift from you know a higher world you know you shouldn't charge uh for it you know that's just most paranormal investigators don't charge believe it or not wow i mean i i you know that's rad um they say the best things are light in life you know they they say nothing's free in life but if you ask me paranormal investigators that's a very beautiful thing that's actually 100 free I will say we we had an interesting conversation with Charles, and if I may interpret sure. what he said, I feel like he's slightly more mercenary about things <laughs> and kind of in for that sweet sweet cash. Is that a is that a source of conflict between you guys, or it's just you guys just what's that? I'm is sorry. that a source of conflict between you guys, or you in guys for, just in that, for one? Well, just in the sense that that Charles, I feel like, is he's like a showman. You know what I mean? He likes the yeah. business side of things. He likes to charge tickets. He's yeah. a, you know, he's a he's sort of a PT Barnum character. He absolutely is, that, yeah. is. And sometimes I joke on ghost tours and say that he is actually related to the PT Barnum. <laughs> but um, you know, he's very passionate, and we're yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's definitely you know, me and him both are very business when it comes to events, but um. You know he's definitely very passionate about it and you know uh definitely very pt barnumish as a matter of fact he has a little get up that he dresses <laughs> uh, of it and you know we uh do theaters and everything else and it's a lot of fun as a matter of fact uh there was an article that came out of hartford current that said uh talked about me and charles and it talked about charles being the promoter like ed warren and me being the the Lorraine Warren. It makes what do you know? There we go. <laughs> you make a great, great pair of me and him. Hell great yeah. Pair. And we're ready to move on. We're probably going to start hitting the road to Massachusetts after Paracon because rumor has it, we have some stuff cooking up over there. So I'm very uh, excited about hitting the road with Charles. Can, can we get a little sneak peek of what's uh, bubbling in the cauldron in, in Massachusetts? Or is it, is it all confidential? <laughs> Oh, 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 nice, nice, nice. But, um, excuse me, I didn't mean to. Of course, yeah, sure, sure. (laughs) No, me and Charles, best friend, one of the best friends I've ever had, brother, family like. Uh, yeah, great guy. Could I be more blessed to have a business partner, uh, like him? But we've been on quite a hell of a journey, me and him. It sounds it. We do ghost tours all over Connecticut. It's crazy. Like me and him do all sorts of uh, ghost tours all over Connecticut. I think the best, one of my favorite ghost tours was uh, Stepney Cemetery in Monroe. uh, Oh, Eric and I have talked about that before. Could you expand on that? Oh, my. People get all sorts of stuff when we go there. You know, our ghost tours are great. We offer dinner, a paranormal lecture, and a walkthrough of the haunted with hands-on training of equipment. Oh, wow. Really making a night out of it. Yeah, we make a night out of it. And Stephanie Cemetery, everybody just get gets, we haven't failed yet of people getting phenomenal evidence. As a matter of fact, not even talking to ghost source, but um, I went there with my group one time and I had my camera guy and one of my psychics named Diane, my camera guy's named Hector. And nothing was really going on that night. It was very weird and very uncommon for nothing to go on that night. And Diane got her pendulum mount 
And it said, she said, will we see the white lady? And I said, yes. So we stayed there for about an hour. No white lady. Nothing happened. We packed up. We got on the highway. All of a sudden, this white cloth flew in front of my car. No. And I swerved. I swerved. I actually swerved. And uh, everybody saw it. And, you know, we saw her. That had to be her. Diane definitely saw the face, but I just saw a white cloth. And, wow. uh on my way back, I'm dropping them off, and you know, I had my window open. It was the summertime with my hand, hand on on the, you know, driving like this. And all of a sudden, I get on Route Eight, and all of a sudden, I feel and hear this, and everybody hears it. A slap, a human slap on my hand. Oh my God! Whoa! Everybody heard it. So we got our white lady. I, wow! And you know what? I wish I had a camera on that <laughs> dashboard. There's been, so, I'll tell you this, there's been so many times that I regretted not having the record button uh, going doing paranormal. So I make sure to have it all the time. But whenever I do Stephanie, I'm having my camera on the dashboard because it's very common for her to actually run out in the middle of the road. And it happened to me, it happened to us. Oh, God, oh, the white lady to run very, out the very, middle of the road. Got it. Yeah, yeah, wow. it was wild. It was definitely wild, and I swerved. That's how real wow. it was. So this I, was a this was a white sheet, and this was it did not look like a spirit transparent. It looked this like a real a, fabric. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. So I gotta wild. ask of like especially as you know as someone who's had these experiences for most of his life and as a horror fan, how yeah. often do you find yourself freaked out when you get into situations like this? Because we you've mentioned Almost several things, several things that Eric and I would have already just pooped our pants and run away. <laughs> Yeah, that almost ever bad. now, you know, almost ever I have a tolerance to this stuff. I, I want to say the last time I got freaked out was probably, you know, we just did this uh, ghost tour in Waterbury at this this haunted tavern. It's a bandage. And uh, we got permission from the owner to go. Okay. And it was very freaky. You know what I got to say? It was very freaking being in that basement by myself down there. Oh no! Yeah. There's this demon house in Derby. And oh, Charles told us probably, to ask you about yeah, this. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. That's the most badass, one of the more badass places. And I remember after the ghost tour the next day, or no, before the ghost tour, I went up there just to organize stuff and make sure there were everything was clean. Because a lot of times before ghost tours, I do that. I go to the place, and I went up there that night. When you, you say know, like, it was clean, do you mean like spiritually clean? No, regular, just for people. <laughs> oh, okay, you're like wiping stuff down. <laughs> yeah, gotcha, exactly. gotcha. Okay, yep. got it. And uh, right. I'll tell you this. I didn't like being up there by myself. And sure. you know what? I wish I could show this video with you guys because it's for my documentary. Otherwise, I would share this. But we actually have a creature staring at us through, through the window. And it's like the most cutting-edge evidence I've ever gotten in my really? life. Really? A, a creature, yeah. you say? Did a it have creature. a form? It had a kind of like you know, it had a white face and white glowing eyes, but the eyes were were very separate. They're not mm. human. Huh. You could tell because they were so separated. I show people on a ghost. I wish I could show it on to to you guys here, but I just can't. I have to save it. For, of course, of my, course. My documentary, my documentary is called Expedition Hell, and it's Hell about yeah. all the cases. Uh, the dark cases I've had and 
in is it is it out? Can people go get it? Not yet. Not we're, yet. When, when does it drop? We're, we still have to do like the interviewing process with the cinema camera. So uh, I'm gonna say probably I'm gonna start establishing it. Maybe like September, October. I'd like to get it into some film festivals. You gotta, oh, you gotta come back yeah, when you start back on the it. show. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. And then we're gonna do Expedition Hell too. Yes. The sequel's so, already in the works. Yeah, you can't just do one. I feel yeah. like this is a trilogy. You know, we're so going to Massachusetts. I might as well. You yeah. Know? And you know, we we just did this one uh, place with you know two brothers, extreme paranormal, who are friends of ours, and there's this Husayek tunnel in massachusetts and over 130 pe- people died building it as a matter of fact they couldn't even retrieve the body so they cemented the the bricks in oh that's just guaranteed ghost time so we went in there and i got a bunch of footage i still have to go through but you know we we're definitely going into massachusetts and new england and you know seeing what's out there i'm wow. very excited about it too that sounds amazing yeah fairfield hills is another Oh my God. I, 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 so I do, I, maybe we can lump this in with a a larger question that I have. Um, so obviously, uh, uh, Paracon going to be a a big event. Uh, hopefully people are driving in from all over. Are are there any places that you would maybe recommend maybe, uh, two hypothetical idiot podcast pals go check out while, while we drive into Connecticut? Sure. Well, one, one easy place is actually Booth Memorial Park estate in Stratford, Connecticut. And what's nice about it is, it's open till 11 o'clock at night. Okay. So uh, you, me and Charles get permission to go into like restricted places, which is good about our ghost stores. How difficult is one, it to get permission? How often is it well, like, you know, me and Charles have been around for a while. Sure. So people know you, guys. I think it's an establishment and a trust thing. Got it. And, that makes sense. Uh, the, you know, we get a lot of art. We try to get articles written and stuff like that. But uh, the beautiful thing about Booth is it's open till 11. It's a, it's a very creepy estate property, uh, and it has a cemetery attached to it that you can walk there at night. Oh, wow. wow! And it has a witch's altar because the Booth brothers are very interesting. They were from when C- Connecticut was a colony. Right. And they were filthy rich, and they got very bored. And so they, they both started studying the occult together. I was good. I feel like if there's yeah. enough money and time, it always ends up either in like a sex cult or like an occult <laughs> study or maybe some yeah. kind of combo of the yep. two things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they get into some weird stuff sometimes, you know, but yeah, there's yeah. a witch's altar there and all sorts of stuff that you could check out. And it's, it's a great little uh, starter for paranormal investigation. Are there any places, Nick, that you won't go or recommend people don't go that are maybe too dangerous or you think something bad can actually happen i don't know but one guy on my team jeff jeff gary uh ct pass uh he's a pretty fearless dude for me i'll go anywhere but he won't go to hookman cemetery and you know, that says a lot because he's a pretty fearless dude. Interesting. He's actually surprised by it. Yeah. Is it what? What is it about? Uh, where it's is that? What is the, it? That's in in uh, it's in Seymour, and it's a very dark cemetery. I've been there in the daytime, and even the daytime, I might have just, lived like, right by that. I didn't know that was yeah, a spooky place. <laughs> yeah, it's very very spooky, and something followed him home, and it's never mm. left him. No. There, so he won't go back in. I tried to get him to go back in there, and. You know, it says a lot because he's been doing it for about 20 years also. 
And what is that? What followed him home? What what happened? Some type of demonic entity in the form of a it, it's a shapeshifter followed him home. You can you can't get you can't get rid of it. He can't get rid of it. Huh. I can't get rid of it. I don't. I, I never like got into the conversation where if he wanted me to try to get rid of it, yeah. uh, and that's mainly because you know he has. Uh, he's got some occult stuff going on and he has a lot of knowledge to get rid of it himself. And I, I just never thought to ask him if he it's, needs assistance. Is there, that. is there a code of conduct among psychics and clairvoyants of like, Hey, don't mess with my ghosts. I'll deal with my ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. It's my parasite. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> Do you no, think, no, I just, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Jim. I just thought I saw something in the background there. Oh no. I hate that. Thought I did. <laughs> But it could yeah. be your movement making the shadow go. But I you just got saw. a which camera are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Aaron, I it was know. you. It was me. I yeah. think it, you really get out of here. I thought so, but it, I think it's your movement. I do. Is it? Is it? You got Yeah, it's that. Yeah. Okay. You got to debunk everything. You can't just you do debunk. that to me. I can't. I'll never sleep again. Yep. I. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, it's either your movement. Or something that is now miming your movement. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. A, a, dop- a shadow doppelganger yeah. that's going to slowly <laughs> suck my life energy away. <laughs> Fuck. How many, Nick, how many people just are walking around with these kind of parasites and entities just Great trailing question. them? You know what um, I mean? Is this like what? super, do you walk down the street and you just see like a dude with like a throbbing worm coming out of his head and stuff? Uh, not a throbbing word, but a lot of times... Um vintage clothing or Victorian clothing or soldier clo- clothing or uh, a family member that oh, carries something wow. with it. Yep. What about like antiques? Uh, that's a serious They're question. Attached. Like furniture. I have a collection of occult antiques with spirits attached to them. As that's matter of fact, wild. I started a museum uh, that's, that was actually across from the armory where we're doing Paracon. I started a museum for a while, but because of coronavirus. I had to shut it down for a while, but I'm in the process of uh, looking for a new place. And there's actually a haunted place that uh, my buddy owns called the Curtis House in Trumbull. And it's it's high, high energy in there. Really? I got some cutting edge uh, stuff on video at that place. And, you know, we're considering opening it there when he's ready to get the house going. Uh, but uh, I have a cult artifacts and I have videos of uh the dolls move in motion and everything else they move by them like how did yeah. you how did you come across all of these objects are, okay, are so you been seeking them out basically or? uh from going on paranormal investigations a lot of times there would be spirits the spirits would be attached to the the artifacts that they love the most hmm. but uh, sometimes i would buy it off of collectors and the interesting thing is i did this for research purposes uh the, the museum was really, for me and my team, a study lab. But we wanted to share it with the public, so we made it a museum, too, mm-hmm. so they could enjoy it, too. Sure. But it was actually a study lab, and uh, we studied, we, we did a, a lot of experiments, you know, with the artifacts there uh, that were very interesting. And, you know, a lot of stuff happened in there, and, you know, people really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to opening again i'm not in a rush but uh they're definitely going to be on display at paracon i can't wait to see them as a matter of fact 
Nope. I got one box. This this actually got donated at the last Paracon. I did a lecture with Charles. After the lecture, people line up and they like to ask me questions and answers. So I'm answering everybody's questions. Finally, this gentleman comes up. You know, he's he's kind of sweating on his head, very nervous. And I'm like, okay, this is weird, but you know, he said his name is so and so. And he said, I have like an artifact from uh, Alistair Crowley, the most wicked man in, in the world. And I'm, so it's just long story short. I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. I, I'd like to investigate. Where do you live? He said, no, I have it here with me. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. I said, I collect this stuff. Why don't you bring it in? So he comes in. Uh, you know, his, his friend was into the dark arts. And he, his friend left him a bunch of stuff when he died. So he had this one box, this blue box, that says devil inside with an ancient spell book. And hmm. so he gave me, he told me the little rundown, and I took the box by the handle, and the thing's shaking, vibrating on its own. So just to make everybody safe at Paracon, I rushed it where I have a storage real quick. And I opened the box... And he was like, there it is. There you have it. Just please be responsible and take good care of it. And he was like, got to go buy. He ran <laughs> like a Stephen King movie or something like that. And if you read this spell book, your hands will start vibrating. What's yeah. in there? What's in the book? Well, what's in? It's not just the book. What's in there is a bottle with an ancient cage specifically welded for the bottle. Customized. Oh my god. It is. And it has a lock on it with the it's waxed to the top. And there's that and a few other little items. Did you open it? No, I'm You don't open it. the demon bottle, no. Eric. Come I feel on, like that's one on one. I, I, I honestly thought about doing it though for <laughs> yeah. for research purposes, but Thank I'm too you. scared because I don't need like I've been cursed before and I don't need any curses. What what's the experience of being cursed like? Good God, you don't want it. I have I have a second question. You don't uh, want it. Tapped I got in. So screwed up with that. No need to get into that, guys. No offense. Sure. No, of course. Okay, you don't sure, want sure. it. It's very difficult to get. Get. As a matter of fact, there's a gentleman in New Haven. He had a very dark Santeria curse on him. Wow. Uh, it, it was a dark, the darkest form of Santeria. As a matter of fact, Santeria they. They're, they use it to help people usually, but there's that ten yeah, percent yeah. of them that that do it, and they have a religion called Palo Mayambi, yeah. and it's when they use human remains to do their rituals. And this in the Maganga, right in the cauldron. Some, oh yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. And it's it was very difficult for me to help this man. I I felt so bad for him, but um, it was it is a very complicated thing. Yeah, uh, but I helped. The the um the person in the home, uh, it was a long story, but you know curses are very hard. They're they're more of a personal thing, really. Yeah, yeah. You have to do it yourself with a shaman. It's very very complicated. You don't want it. I um I had a question about we uh, a couple of weeks ago we spoke to uh, J W Oker who wrote a book called Cursed Objects, uh, and he was talking about the way to uh sort of rid yourself of a cursed object is to pass that cursed object onto somebody else. When people are showing up at Paracons with like, here, I brought you this. How do you avoid taking that on yourself? 
or is that uh, not a concern? Well, a curse is going to be more personal for you. Got it. Usually, yeah. it's from a dark magician. Uh, so it's like a direct, it at you direct personal attack. Yeah. Got it. So, but you will uh, again, like if a cursed person walked in the room, you're probably going to get a feeling like this guy's trouble, or I don't. You're going to get that feeling from them. Interesting. Uh, you're going to see that. You know, I actually have, you know, I wish I could share this video, but I have a video of me doing exorcism on this man. And you could see his skin is actually pale and gray because, you know, whatever the entity was definitely uh, moving from oppression to possession on huh. the man. So it took multiple exorcisms. Uh, uh, how on many? The man. How did you get into, like, where? How do you. Um... Are exorcisms another thing that have come naturally? Um, something you can naturally, naturally do? Yeah. Wow. As a matter of fact, I have a contraption called the Scrymaster. And I get a I mirror. I get a mirror. And I put candles in front of the mirror. And I get two strobe lights. I set one speed for fast and one speed for slow in the left eye. Then I get two vibration pads. <clears throat> and the same thing, I sp speed. I set one speed for high vibration, one speed for low, and then I get these special speakers that do a beat, one low and one high pitch. And what that does is that they look in the mirror and it opens up their mind. It hypnotizes them. Huh. And oh. when the mind is open like that, um, we, we put them in a shamanic trance and then we uh, extract the spirit and then we, we trap it in a bottle and seal it with wax, and then we put it uh, in the collection or the museum. Wow. Wow. That's what we do. So it, takes you... about, it takes about like 30, 40 minutes, but it, sometimes it takes multiple attempts. Sure. That's... Have you extract... so You have all this knowledge, all these learnings. You said you kind of initiated yourself. You discovered this on your own. Have you have you studied at all? Like after you sort of became established, have you sought out any teachers or, or other folks in this community? Um, just my own experiences, my own studies. And like I said, the museum, uh, taught me a lot of, uh, knowledge and wisdom on the paranormal and just my own experiences. But to be honest with you, you know, when I was, had all that stuff happening to me in middle school and as a kid and a teenager, you know, I thought fight fire with fire. So I actually went, took my paycheck my part-time job and went to Bards and Nobles and went to the occult section. Mm -hmm. And I experimented with all sorts of dark things that uh, didn't do me so well. That famously and, reliable occult section in Barnes and Noble. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yep. And uh, you know what? I'm a shaman, but I'm definitely, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ. Oh, interesting. But, um, so you're I, a Christian I, shaman. A Christian shaman, yeah. But you know what? I am a believer in this. This is America. Everybody has the right to believe in whatever they want. I'm a big supporter for, of anybody's beliefs. I have a I have a sort of controversial question. And I mean this with with total respect. Sure. Do you do you view Jesus as a sort of as a shamanic? Shaman, figure? yes, or a swami, yes, absolutely, hundred mm -hmm. percent. The shaman, you know, in my what I believe. Interesting. You no, know, but yeah, he definitely is. I mean, think about it. You know, the guy. So could expect expel you know a, a demon out of you like that there are you know? really interesting theories that that jesus actually had like trained in 
Eastern yeah, Asia, eventually Tibet, and picked up techniques there and came back to the. I believe that. You know, there's this, actually this um, Gnostic religion. Yep. That there's some stuff that I actually believe in that kind of stuff. That stuff, and it's Christianity pre-Christianity, and it's um, it really if you want to learn about Jesus being a shaman, they have some very interesting stuff on there. Um, it's a very interesting it some it it borderlines Kabbalism too, but it's it's Christian. It's literally Christianity before Christianity. Have you have you read uh, Brian Murarescu? He wrote a book called The Immortality Key: The Religion with No Name. No, but I will. Do check it. Out. You might really. It's a really awesome book, and it's an explanation, basically, of like these these psychedelic cults in the ancient world, like the Eleusinian mysteries and stuff. That sort of yeah. uh, that his theory is like the original sacrament and all this stuff was actually yeah. like a psychedelic hallucinogenic thing. And it was part could of a be. larger ritual. It could be, you know, a lot of like, I, I don't personally do this, but a lot of shamans do use psychedelic uh, drugs and, you know, yeah, yeah, that's what they do to get themselves to the trance and heal people. That's what they do. I don't really need to do that stuff, but I've also heard, um, I'm not know. against it. I've also heard in an interview Ed Warren say that drugs are like the clo- the closest way to get yourself into that state. Absolutely, uh, which is yeah, interesting. I would say if you can't naturally get there, I suppose. Right, exactly. And you know, shamans naturally get there, but some like to, you know, heighten their experience and go on like like a psychedelic journey and free their mind. Uh, they free their mind. You know, there's nothing wrong with it as long as you do stuff in, I guess, in moderation. I just never sure. had a use to do it. Never did it. Never, never had a use. I, I'm naturally boom. <laughs> Are there uh, any, um, um is there anything that you need to do to get yourself into a i I, i'm so uneducated in how this works is there anything to get into a state or are you just naturally at a 10 at all times i do i'm naturally usually i'm usually naturally there uh at all times but one great thing to do that i do is you get some candles you put on some gorgituan chants and you stare at the candle you want to give it you know what? It's it's very for for somebody who's not a shaman, it's going to take some training because you're going to get these random thoughts and you have to throw them out of your head. Sure. And it doesn't take long till you get in the habit of uh, this meditation. And what one time I was doing it for about an hour, and all of a sudden I was literally in nothingness, and everything was all white, blank white, mm-hmm. and I knew God was right next to me and I was floating in nothingness and uh you know you may actually astral project yourself which uh is your conscious soul flying out of your body temporarily and there's actually a whole nother realm to explore uh doing that and that's actually another shamanic thing as a matter of fact I I had um an astral projection one time you know I was flying in the clouds with these two female angels they were they had me by my hands and they were guiding me that through the clouds and it, it was very spiritual wow that sounds incredible yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely a real realm there's more interdimensions we don't even you, like realize but there's there's so many interdimensions 
that are right next to us at all times. Literally, the paranormal is just one, and we're literally bleeding through a little bit. Wow. This is the this is the evolution of the universe and life itself and existence itself. It's happening right now. And we have probably about another five years of chaos. Uh, you know what? The government is now saying UFOs are real. Yeah. Right. Right. Those are interdimensional things. They can't catch those things. They tried to shoot them down. They, it jams the computer. Uh, those are interdimensions. And, you know, we're getting ready to, to actually meet our neighbors. We're getting ready to meet interdimensional. It's going to happen in the next five years, I can tell you that. Wow. Wow. Nick, It's going to happen. I mean, as... think about what's going on right now. I mean, our seasons have lasted are lasting longer we're growing longer we're we're we are living longer um everything has expanded it's because the the universe has expanded and part of that expansion is uh that we're going to start uh getting more interdimensional it certainly does feel like we're in some kind of weird transitional time yeah. Absolutely. Five years. Do you have, as as Brian and I kind of explore this space and get deeper into it and sort of dabble in this stuff, do you have any, do you have any advice for, for us? Um, just a lot of meditation and uh, go for a nice hike in the woods by yourself. Um, hmm. The Appalachian Trail is a very nice place. Uh, you know, go by yourself in the woods. As a matter of fact, you know what's weird? I love hiking in the woods. I'm kind of a woods guy, a woodsman. Hmm. And animals come right up to me. <gasps> like Snow one White. Time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One time I was in the woods and there was a buck with big antlers. And he was next to his, his girl, the female deer. <laughs> and Hell yeah. they were just so curious about me. I just walked right up with my hand. No shit. And, uh, they started licking my hand. Now, that buck could have mauled me if it was. Yeah, those, those things will fuck but up, I know. dude. Yeah, those are no, they got those big horns. Yeah. Another time I seen a moose. That was. Those that, are no joke. That was They're very huge. intimidating. And that yeah. thing, that was one time where, like, it didn't, it, it was intimidated by me back. But there was another time there was a lake by my house. And I, I like to take my harmonica to the lake and play on the bench. And I noticed that there was this duck with a big tumor on its wing. Hmm. Now I stop my harmonica, I'm looking at it, and it walks up to me, and I'm sitting on the bench, and it literally pucks on, on my shoe and falls asleep. Wow. But that's, those are the gifts Whoa. of, uh, you know, I'm a shaman. Those, those are gifts. And you know what? Shamans are born naturally with this, but all of us people have the ability to have psychic abilities. I, I was, wow. So, so, so we're all capable of it. We are, yeah. And that's can, why, yeah, can you learn it? That's where I come in. And people like Got me it. come in. Can people learn it? Like, can you teach people this stuff? They call us crystal children, indigo children, mm. rainbow children. Some people call it. Uh, but we're different, uh, more s supernatural uh, form of person that uh, is here to transition. We're helping everybody uh, with the bleeding. 
the well, playthrough of the realities. I guess I, I have a big question here. You're saying like there's going to be a big event in like five years. Do you think we'll be ready for Probably. it, or is it going to be pandemonium? We're going to be ready for it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's that's good. Yeah. We're going to be ready for it. I don't know what it is, but it's going to happen. Wow. Five more years of chaos. That sounds five about right. I believe. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. Part. I need to realize one thing is important. I say this all the time. The meaning of life is about survival, but it's not our personal survival. It's helping people in need survive. That's the meaning mm -hmm. of life. And that's what we're all starting to realize now. I think that's a, uh, or sorry, Eric, do you have another question? Yeah, I had one selfish question for you. <laughs> so I'm staying at this Airbnb right now. And every night around dusk, I go outside and there's two big old fat old porcupines oh yeah sitting on the roof above the door just eating apples eating crab apples that they found yeah and they're just like hanging out and they're kind of like i go outside they kind of chitter at me a little bit i'm like what's up yeah. guys it's nice i feel like i have like neighbors kind of sharing the yeah, space. they don't mind you no that means yeah. you have good vibes okay i'll take i got the good, good vibes yeah. i can confirm if an animal like that vibes. doesn't mind you a porcupine I've never seen a porcupine yet. I know we have them in Connecticut. Where are you staying? I'm in I'm in upstate New York. Upstate New okay. York. Okay. So if an animal like a porcupine, which they're not aggressive, but no, they are very defensive. Sure. They are. I left them uh, an apple. I think yeah, that was a good overture. Give them an apple. And uh next time you see them, uh did you give them personally the apple? Roll it to them. I left it where they would be. Yeah, I'm a little well, afraid of the spine. No, they're not going to do anything. Okay. But take the apple with you, carry it on you, and uh, next time, roll it at them. Oh, they Maybe ate it. It's gone. This apple's gone. They <laughs> ate that thing. Then they, oh, you bring them another oh, one, That's Eric. a very good yeah, okay. thing. Okay, okay. You know, when an animal likes you like that and they're a wild animal's not scared of you, that means you have a, 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 zen, a zen towards you, a zen about you. That's what it is. Just want to do our due diligence real fast. Thing. Unless it's a squirrel, they might have rabies. Be careful. <laughs> yeah just due diligence there yep. uh nick another yes. weird thing yep. you know another weird thing i noticed is that you know my my yard in norwalk has all these this wildlife there and you know norwalk's a city and like we have like everything we have foxes that live under the shed we have groundhogs that live on the shed or red squirrel woodpeckers all sorts of uh, stuff just came there and i believe that i have this ability that attracts them uh, over there wow. it's very peaceful actually the backyard and norwalk's a city and you never think that it would have such you know wildlife like that but mm. my backyard my mother's backyard has it's very peaceful huh With tons of rabbits i feed the animals too i love giving them carrots and i love the little chipmunk it lives under the stair <laughs> those I, guys are fun i chop up a carrot like whenever in there and i put it put it there for them who doesn't yeah. love a fat little chipmunk? Yeah. Um, yeah whenever I, it sees me, it goes like that. It's so funny. <laughs> but, you um, know, I love the animals. You mentioned your mother. Uh, I, I'm curious, does um, do you, these gifts run in your family at all? Are uh, you the very, only one? Or? Well, I mean, the psychic told her that. Uh, my mother's very empathic, mm. so that could be like a gift. But, uh, you know, a psychic did tell her at Paracon that she has a gift, but it, it doesn't really – I haven't – had any any ancestors uh with any psychic abilities to be honest i really haven't my son though my son oh, okay. 
is extremely empathic. As a matter of fact, if you're sad and you're in tears, he's he'll start crying with you. And he, even if he's randomly on the street and doesn't even know somebody and sees somebody, he'll have the need to go up and, uh, you know, hug them and cry with them. Wow. So he's very empathic. Yes. Wow. That's an extreme, extreme, you know, that's intense. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Nick, we're, we're about out of time. Uh, but thank can't thank you enough. This was an, inc- incredible. an incredible conversation. Uh, yeah. we hope you'll come back again sometime soon. Um, so, uh, oh. you're going to be at Paracon. Uh, that is July 16th and 17th. Uh, two other assholes that are going to be there. Us, Brian and Eric. Nice. Uh, we're going to be tabling yeah. both days and then we're speaking Sunday at 1 p.m. Don't miss it, we, you freaks. I can't wait to see you guys. It's going to be Come on, let's tough. do some headbanging. There we Come go. On, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're really this is audio it. only, but believe me, we're doing it. Yeah, we're headbanging <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah. All right, brothers. Thank right, you gonna... so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Nick. Really big blessings. It. Big blessings for both of you. And I wish you many peace and love moments throughout the week. I'm glad we, I'm glad we cleared up the whole shadow demon situation. That's, yeah. So that's a big relief. Yeah. Thank I you. thought it was something, but then I saw the movement. In you. No, but those just Eric's big old head. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah my zen. big old Irish knocking just flopping around. <laughs> yeah. You have a Zen. A porcupine. Remember. Hell yeah. Work on that Zen. Practice the Zen. Hey, it's Brian, your best friend, here at the end for some footnotes. Thank you again to Nick Grossman. He was super illuminating on some pretty spooky topics. I might have a little trouble sleeping tonight, uh, but that conversation was so much fun. You know what's crazy helpful? And makes us feel real nice. Rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or leaving us a comment on YouTube. We read everything. You can even tell us it sucks, even if that's kind of mean. You can do you, though. Um, We really appreciate it. We're on Twitter, at Brian and Eric Pod. You can also email us at SpookyBrianandEric at gmail.com. Also, we've got a bonus episode coming out on Friday. Uh, We spoke to Charles Rosene again, all about Paracon and his new book, True Ghost Stories of Connecticut. He gives us a a couple of interesting passages that you might find in that book. And uh, if you caught our last show with him, you know it's a good one. All right. For both of us here at Brian and Eric Don't Belong Here, thank you for listening. And stay safe out there.